God's kingdom is so important. Understanding the kingdom of God is so important. Learning to live and flow and operate by the kingdom of God is so important because Jesus began his ministry by saying the kingdom of God is here. He concluded his final days on earth by talking about things concerning the kingdom of God. It is very important for all of us to understand and live by the principles and the teachings of Jesus on the kingdom of God. And so I really want to encourage you to really uh, soak into this subject. Let this teaching sink into your, ear, to your heart and, and, and live by it. Don't just treat it as a message that you hear on Sunday mornings. It's something that you're going to live by. You are part of God's kingdom. Amen. This morning I want us to talk about kingdom authority. Kingdom authority. As part of the kingdom of God, He has wasted authority in your life. And as believers, we need to learn how to flow in that authority, how to operate in kingdom authority. Walking in authority and power and dominion. You know, when Jesus introduced his, the kingdom of God, when he began to say the kingdom of God is here, he did so with a demonstration of power, authority, and dominion. As he brought the message of the kingdom, the Bible says that he went about healing sicknesses, casting out devils. Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 and 24 tells us this, that Jesus went about preaching in the synagogues and, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. And his fame spread throughout Syria. And, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed and epileptics and paralytics. And he healed them. So as he went about teaching about, uh, concerning the kingdom of God, he not only made a proclamation, but he also had demonstration. He demonstrated kingdom authority by healing every sickness and disease and, and casting out demons. And Jesus said in Matthew 12 and verse 28, he, you know, he said this, he said, If I, by the Spirit of God, cast out devils, then the kingdom of God has come to you. Meaning to say, look, here is evidence that I'm proclaiming to you the kingdom. Here is evidence the kingdom is here. What it is? What is it? It's devils being cast out by the Spirit of God. Meaning the powers of darkness being destroyed because of the work of the Holy Spirit. And he said, this is evidence that the kingdom of God is here. The signs, the wonders, the miracles. And the Lord Jesus then turned around to his disciples and he taught them to do the same thing. In Matthew chapter 10 verse 1, he says, He called unto him his twelve disciples and he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all sickness and all disease. And then in verse 7 it says, He commanded them, he said, As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. He said, disciples, I want you to go and tell people the kingdom of heaven is here. When you do that, what should accompany your work doing? He said, when you go proclaiming the kingdom of God, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Do this as a means of proclaiming the kingdom of God. So what I want us to understand is that the kingdom of God comes with power. The kingdom of God comes with a demonstration of kingdom authority and kingdom dominion. And Jesus intends for you and me to do the same thing in our day, in our generation. Amen. He told his disciples in Matthew 28, 19, he said, I want you to go make disciples of all nations. And I want you to teach them to observe all things that I have taught you. 
What did I teach you? When you go proclaiming the kingdom of God, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. And he said, teach the disciples that you make to do the same thing. I believe the Lord Jesus wants you and me to do the same thing in our day. As we proclaim the kingdom of God, as we bring the kingdom of God into our circumstances, into our environments, He wants us to do it with a demonstration of kingdom authority and kingdom power. Amen. He wants you to do it. Now here's the deal. You say, how can I do that? It's okay with Jesus. It's okay with the 12 apostles. It's okay with the early church. But who am I? This is who you are. You are an heir of God. And I joined there with Jesus. That was his original plan. Matthew 25 verse 34. Jesus said, you know, when he is talking about the story, when he separates the sheep from the goat, he says, you know, he tells us, come you blessed, inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Matthew 25, 34. We began this series with that verse. It was God's intent to have a kingdom where people would inherit it. Meaning they will be co-heirs with him in that kingdom. Today, as a child of God, Romans chapter 8, verse 16, 17 says that God has sent his spirit into your heart. And therefore you are heirs of God and you're a joint heir with Jesus. You're an heir in the kingdom. You inherit that kingdom. And so the authority of the kingdom of God is flowing through your life. Let's say this together. Kingdom authority is vested in me. Come on, say it like you mean it. Kingdom authority is vested in me. You are an heir of God. You are an heir of God. The authority of God, of the king, is flowing through you as someone who inherits that kingdom. You know, when a policeman stands in the road and he raises his hands, the traffic stops most of the time. Now, if you look at it, he has no inherent ability to stop a running, a moving car. If he gets in the way, he'll probably get run over. But yet, when he raises his hand, the car stops. Why? Because he is wearing his uniform and there is authority vested on him by the government. So it is in the spiritual realm. You may not think very highly of yourself. You may not be a big name. But there is kingdom authority vested in you as an heir of God and as a joint heir with Jesus. It's time for you to raise up your hands. Or, you can be like most policemen. They see a traffic violation, they just turn around the other side. They pretend it didn't happen. What kind of a policeman do you want to be? Do you want to be the policeman who just turns away, pretends that nothing happened? Or are you going to be a policeman who says, excuse me, there's a violation. I raise my hand. I'm being vested with kingdom authority to do that. Sad to say that so much of the church of Jesus Christ... Though they are born again, though they are heirs of God, though they are part of the kingdom of God, they are like the policeman who prefers to turn aside and turn away and pretend that there is no violation going on. But we need to change that. We need to be a generation that says, listen, I know that I'm part of the kingdom of God. I know that Almighty God has made me an heir and there is kingdom authority flowing through my life. It's time that I raised up my hand and said, stop to what the devil does. Why did God invest that authority in your life? So that you can bring His kingdom here into the world. God will never do that for you. You've got to do it. Now the reason why you and I have authority is because of our position. We have positional authority. Ephesians 2, 4-6 through 6 says this, that God has raised us up together with Christ 
And he has made us, us to sit together at his right hand in heavenly places. You as a believer are seated in a position of high authority at the right hand of the Father. I mean, you cannot get any better than this. To be seated at the right hand of God. That's where you are as a believer. And everything is underneath your feet. Every demonic work, every demon spirit is underneath your feet. Paul said, the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. So believer, do you want to fall asleep at the right hand of the Father? Or do you want to say, God, thank you for raising me up to such a position of authority. I'm the only one here on earth. I'm willing to use that authority in the environment where you placed me. Willing to allow kingdom authority to flow through my life. What kind of a believer are you going to be? I want to encourage us, challenge us. God has vested so much of authority, kingdom authority in your life and my life. It's time we rose up and exercised our God-given authority. The challenge you and I face is this, that you and I have to operate in two worlds. And that's a big challenge. Because we are in this natural world and anytime we face a problem, our immediate response is, let me figure out how to solve it. And uh, yes, you need to live this world, in this world. And yes, you need to address some of the natural things that need to be done. But as believers, as people who know that we are part of that kingdom, as people who know that kingdom authority is vested in our lives, we must also say, how can I exercise my God-given authority to address this problem or the situation? That's the challenge. How can I bring in kingdom authority into this situation? Yes, I need to address it in the natural. I may need to do something in the natural and do it, definitely. But also remember, you are an heir of God. You are a joint heir with Jesus. These are not fanciful words that we talk about. This is reality. In fact, this is more real than what you see in the natural. Because everything in the natural is subject to the spiritual. Everything in the natural can be changed From the spiritual, your problem can be changed. That sickness can be healed. Those demonic works can be stopped if you will come through it from the spiritual into the natural. But the challenge is for us to rise, go beyond what our reasoning tells us to look at and say, look, from the spirit, I'm going to handle this. It's a choice you make that you're going to handle it from the spirit. Amen. So as people with kingdom authority, we must learn. To be conscious and live out of, of the kingdom which is within. And the authority and power and dominion that is vested in us at all times. What do we have authority over? What are the realms of our authority? You know, it would be very wrong if the policeman tried to come into your house. And told you what you should do in your house. He does not have the authority to do that. The traffic police has his realm of authority. It is on the roads. It's on the streets. When he steps out of that realm, his authority doesn't function. And so it is with you and I. We need to understand our realm of authority because it is in that realm that we see the fruit of kingdom authority flowing through our lives. First, you and I must understand that we have authority over every demonic work. Anything that Satan is doing, you have authority over. If it is demonic, you've got authority over it. So in your school, in your college, in a place of work, 
When your friend or your neighbor comes to you and says, listen, I'm having these terrible nightmares. I'm having these disturbing dreams of, of, of these snakes and this kind of th- and all those things. Well, you can look at it in the natural, but also look at it saying, look, I have authority. I can pray for you. I can stop this demonic work that's affecting this person. And if you as a believer will do that, will determine to use your authority to minister to that person and something that he or she has been suffering for such a long time because you use your authority and brought healing, brought deliverance, that person is going to follow Jesus. It's not going to take a thousand sermons to convince that person that Jesus Christ is real. A single prayer, prayed by a believer who knows his or her authority, that brought healing, that brought deliverance into that situation, can change the eternal destiny of that individual. You don't need a thousand sermons for that to happen. You and I also have authority over the natural elements, circumstances and situations that concern you, that are in your world. Things that are affecting you, your job, your career, your future, your family, things that relate to you. You have authority to dominate that. You can't, for instance, you cannot stop every accident that happens on the road. You don't have authority to do that. But in your personal life, in the things that are affecting you, in the circumstances that are prevailing in your life, you have authority to dominate. So rather than, you know, when you're in the boat and you see a storm on the sea, so to speak, in your life, Rise up with the authority that God has given you. Be like Jesus, who spoke to the winds and the waves and said, Peace, be still. You speak to your circumstances. Exercise your God-given authority. One area that you and I do not have authority over is other people's will. I cannot say, I command so-and-so to wake up at 8 o'clock every morning. I cannot do that. I do not have authority over other people's will. That's a realm that you do not exercise authority in. Do we all understand that? Yes, amen, no, amen. So I cannot exercise authority in other people's will. I cannot control them as robots, as machines, and try to press switches in their life. I can't do that. That's what witchcraft does. But I can affect their environment. If there's something demonic coming against them, I can step in. If there's something coming in because of the natural circumstances and if they are willing to allow me to step in, I can step in for them and use my faith to help them. You can do that. How do we exercise our kingdom authority? The number one way we exercise our authority is by the words of our mouth. Where the word of a king is, the book of Ecclesiastes says, where the word of a king is, there is power. You need to speak words of authority. You need to issue those decrees. That come out in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, in my name, you will cast out devils. In my name, by the authority of my name, you heal the sick. In my name. And as a believer, you've been given the right to use the name of Jesus. When you use the name of Jesus, understand that the name of Jesus is not a magical charm. Say the name of Jesus a hundred times and something will happen. That's not why you use the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is you expressing the fact that you have been delegated by him to do this on his behalf. If the chief minister sends his personal assistant on an assignment and says, go and tell them that I told you to do this. So he goes there and says, chief minister so-and-so sent me to do this. He's using that name. The job is done. The king of glory has sent you 
with his name on your lips. That's what gives you the authority. It tells the world, it tells demonic powers that you have been authorized by King Jesus to get that work done in his name. So you should decrease. Jesus standing by the bedside of Peter's mother-in-law. She was sick of a fever in Luke chapter 4. The Bible says he rebuked the fever and it left her. He didn't pray to the father about the fever. He rebuked the fever. He spoke to the fever and it left her. So when you exercise authority, you speak to that condition in the body. You speak to that sickness. You speak to that disease. Matthew 8 and verse 16 says that Jesus cast out the spirits with his word. So you speak to those demonic works. You speak to that demon spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's your authority. That's how you use it. When Jesus saw the winds and waves, he spoke to the winds. He didn't talk to the father saying, wow, father, the waves are so high. Please help me. He spoke to the winds and the waves and he said, peace, be still. That's the way you and I use our authority. We speak to the elements. Speak to your circumstance. Speak to that situation in your workplace. Speak to that situation in your office. Speak to the circumstances. Amen. I'm just keeping it very simple. You cannot misunderstand what I'm saying. Speak. You issue the decree to exercise your authority. If you do not do it, it means you're accepting what is there. Another way we exercise our authority is by the power of the Holy Spirit. The anointing upon us empowers us to overthrow the works of darkness. It's the anointing that breaks yokes and removes burdens. So that's why you and I need to pray and ask God for more of the anointing of His Spirit on our lives. If you wish, you can be a little wire that conducts, you know, 1.5 amps. Or if you want, you can be a high-tension wire that conducts kilovolts of power. The choice is yours. The power source has unlimited supply. What kind of a conductor do you want your spirit to be? Amen. The Bible says you be strengthened with power in your spirit, in your inner man. Strengthen your inner man. Carry. Let's pursue God for a greater anointing with Holy Spirit. Let's pursue God for more of His Spirit. You say, today I can't see cancer sealed. Okay, so let's pray for God to so anoint us that we can't see cancer sealed. Today we may not be seeing the lame walk, but let's pray, say, God, so anoint us because we know that you anointed ordinary men in the book of Acts so that the lame walked and they went leaping and jumping into the temple. So God, in our day, you can do the same thing. But are we willing to pursue God? For that kind of an anointing and say, God, we want it. Or are we going to be a church that's just happy with the little we've got and say, as long as I get to heaven, that's okay. Listen, in heaven, there will be no devils to cast out. There will be no lame people to be prayed for. There will be no sicknesses to be healed. If ever you want to do those things, if ever we want to see those things, it's going to be here and now. Amen. So let's pursue. Let's press in and say, God, we want more of your anointing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, so that we can see these things happen. It's in the Bible. It's for us. That's how the world will know that the message we're bringing about the kingdom of God is true as we press in for the anointing of God. And the third way that we bring in the kingdom of God into our circumstances to prayer. Jesus said, pray, thy kingdom come. You pray the kingdom of God into a situation. You pray the kingdom of God into a problem. You pray, thy kingdom come. 
pray the kingdom of God into a situation. So I want to close with this. Let us as kingdom people learn to look at circumstances and situations that we face. Knowing that the kingdom of God is within us. That God has placed vested kingdom authority in our lives. The next time you face a difficult situation. The next time you meet somebody who's being troubled with demonic powers. The next time you encounter a, a storm or a wind. Can you rise up and say, I know I have kingdom authority in me. Let me dominate this situation. Let me dominate. How can I dominate this situation? How can I exercise God-given authority to calm this storm, to bring healing to this sickness, to undo the works of the devil in this place? Think kingdom authority. Think kingdom dominion. Can we do that? Because God has gone to extreme lengths To place in us an authority which was brought to us through the cross of Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for the cross, you and I will not have the authority we have. But he went to such an extent to raise us up so that we could be seated with him in heavenly places. Not so that we could sing our little hallelujah chorus. But we could be emissaries of the kingdom here on earth. And bring his kingdom into this world. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.